The Lord owns the earth and all it contains, the world and all who live in it. For he set its foundation upon the seas and established it upon the ocean currents. Who is allowed to ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may go up to his holy dwelling place? The one whose deeds are blameless and whose motives are pure, who does not lie and make promises with no intention of keeping them. Such godly people are rewarded by the Lord and vindicated by the God who delivers them. Such purity characterizes the people who seek his favor, Jacob's descendants who pray to him. Look up, you gates. Rise up, you eternal doors. Then the majestic king will enter. Who is this majestic king? The Lord who is strong and mighty. The Lord who is mighty in battle. Look up, you gates. Rise up, you eternal doors. Then the majestic king will enter. Who is this majestic king? The Lord who commands armies. He is the majestic king. Together we come to meet with you, Lord. We push back the gates, we open the door. Together we come to meet with you,
church. We worship together and lift our voices in praise we sing this morning with all of our hearts because our God is worthy of worship. Amen. Come on, let's sing it. Sing, sing, sing and make music with the this morning when David brought the ark back in to Jerusalem and how they celebrated before the ark. And I'm, he danced and sang with all of his might. And that's what we want to do this morning. For those of you that uh, 
The mosaic service is your normal service, and you've never seen anything like this before. This is our choir and orchestra. They lead, they lead the first two services here at the Heights, and, and I, I gave them all uh, an extra dollar to stay around and help us out. Uh, so, it, well, actually, there's one dollar to split between all of you. But uh, anyway, we're so delighted. We have a great, uh, great morning in front of us. We are going to focus on the faithfulness and goodness of God. And we are going to sing. We are going to read scripture. We're going to hear from people who God has really moved in their lives and brought them through some difficult times. And my prayer is that you are, are touched, encouraged this morning. And uh, when we leave this place today, we will all go out declaring the faithfulness and goodness of God as we go. You may be seated. My name is Jeffrey Burton. I was born and raised here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I did come from a background of drugs and alcohol, but I, I, I always tried not to let that define me. Um, but a lot of times, it still did intervene with my fitness, my education, and other parts of my life. I love my mom dearly, um, but she had her own issues and her own battles with alcohol. She worked a lot, and Dad left when I, you know, when, as soon as I was born. Uh, so that sort of posed an issue because who else is going to be there? I really enjoyed um, placing dependence in, in, in physical fitness um, and martial arts and that really to me brought me um, to uh, a, a climax point in my life uh, when I was 18. But I still really did have a lot of demons in my dependence on substance abuse. My mom at this point is still struggling with, with alcohol. Um, and, you know, It's very hard for her to be there with me with all the things that, he had, that she had on her shoulders as well. And one of my deepest regrets when I went to George Mason my freshman year was not dropping the mentality that I had carried with me for 10 years. Uh, George Mason University uh, decided that uh, I wasn't really fit to be a student there anymore uh, due, to my, uh, due to my actions, and I landed myself back at home wondering what on earth I'm going to do. I considered faith, um, I, I, but then I'm like, no, nah, I had a bad experience when I was younger. You know, I'd, I'm thinking maybe I'm just going to handle this myself and I'm just going to be dependent on myself. I'm going to be independent. And I ended up finishing my degree at Radford University. And this is sort of where my life really did start to take a turn for the worse. Um, and I'm not afraid to admit it, um, it was alcoholism. Uh, it really, really, really held me back. Uh, in class, I wasn't all there. And I found myself with a diploma, a $65,000 diploma, and yet I still don't feel like I have the knowledge and the skills to get a great job. I got a job as a beer brewer. Um, it's my first job out of college. I was a brew house manager uh, for a brewery out in Roanoke. I thought it was an amazing job. It's what I wanted to do. Um, but it was actually just an excuse for my alcoholism just to run rampant. I'm in a very dark place at this time, still using, still, still abusing, um, and still just not really following the signs that are in front of me. I moved out of my mom's house because the situation was just too volatile. You know, I, I really, I, at this point, I'm starting to try to, I'm seeing the need for faith. And, you know, within one month since finding my faith, I changed uh, where I lived, who I worked for, and who I associated with. I would truly encourage anyone who is struggling with addiction, uh, family issues, broken home, a, a lack of confidence, or just straight up feeling like you're, you know, coming short every single time, to not handle it on your own. And for me personally, that was Christ. Everything else I had tried up until that point failed. And I, I'm very new and I'm very young at this, so to speak. But um, I feel like I have a bright future, um, you know, not just due to my new faith, but because of internal changes that I've made. But I attribute it to having a, a more solid foundation in my faith and my belief in Christ.
praising God for his amazing grace. Amen. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King of all This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would say my That you would bear my cross. Come on. You would lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. All that you've done for me. We give you praise. Come on, every voice.
just want to dwell on those words. All that Jesus has done for you. I just want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your provision. Would you just offer up a word of thanks to the Lord right where you're standing and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's blessed us beyond measure. With every good thing, we give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated.
I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who's, who is recovering from past abuse, trust issues, negative thinking, and my name is Jessica. I've had a lot of areas in my life where I needed to depend on God. I um, come from a background of abuse. Um, I had parents who were alcoholics. Um, I had an ex-husband who was an alcoholic and an addict, and he was very abusive um, financially, physically, emotionally. I have children who I've had to raise by myself and struggled financially and just didn't know where the next meal was going to come from or, you know, the, the rent was going to be paid. But um, I was able to depend on God. I learned a lot about dependence here at the Heights Baptist Church. So my most recent difficulty was with uh, my youngest son who had emotional disturbances growing up. He, he really struggled and had some issues. And um, he had gotten to a point in his life where he's kind of doing okay. And then he was introduced to, to drugs. And he became addicted to the stuff they call spice. And he found himself in some really big trouble with, with the um, police. He and some other... Uh, teenagers actually robbed a store. There was this big, perfect storm that lined up perfectly for him, and he ended up getting 24 years in prison, and he's 19. Backing up, I've been praying for my son for a long time, and my prayer was that he have a relationship with Christ the way that I do. Randy um, actually said something to me that um, kind of settled my spirit a little bit, and he said that, you know, when you don't know what to pray or what to say, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. Don't look at tomorrow. Don't look at the future because it's going to look bad, but just focus on this moment right now. He was attacked, and they broke his jaw, and he had to have surgery, and he called me, and I kept telling him, son, I think God's trying to get your attention. You know, he he's not going to stop until he gets it. <laughs> He's not. This man came in and asked for my dirty laundry and I told him I didn't have any. And he said, and he kept asking me and I kept telling him I didn't have any. He said, I was getting a little frustrated. And he said, then the guy says, dude, give me your dirty laundry. I've got something I need to pass to you. And he read me the letter that this man handed him. And he said, um, there was some scripture in it. And, and the man said, I see where, you, where you're struggling with. I know where you're at. I'm just, I just want to tell you that um, that God loves you and he's trying to reach you and he's not going to stop. He's not going to give up. That's kind of what started his involvement in the word. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring with that, but today he, he trusts in God. He is reading the word and he is believing that, you know, God's got better things for him. He's got a future for him and that one day he's going to have one incredible testimony to give. And for me to be able to sit here today and say that I'm grateful for that difficulty, um, sounds kind of crazy to some people, but you know, count your loss as gain and your gain is loss. I, I read it a hundred times and just didn't get it before. <laughs> now I get it. The song, It Is Well, um, we sing it at Celebrate Recovery often. It really speaks to my heart because um, whatever I get in this life from God, whatever He gives me, He wants me to have, whether I'm happy about it or not, it's well. It's just well with my soul.
Thank you, guys. Uh, 
I fell apart in the first service. <laughs> Only three times is getting a little bit... I, I wish I could express to you. I mean, I'm using words now, but I, I can't express what it means for me to be standing here today. Uh, I can't express... I can't fully express what was going on the last time I was standing here and what it means that I get to be standing here today. Uh, very grateful for your, your love and, and support, uh, your prayers. At first it was really neat just to be loved and cared for like that. Then it kind of moved to overwhelming. And, and then it got to a place where it was just, it was mostly humbling. It, it just was so much and, and you just feel so unworthy of it all. Um, excited to be a part of a service like this where we're, we're thinking on the, the faithfulness and the goodness of God because it's been a pretty big topic for me the last uh, six weeks. And uh, I, I want to share a little bit today. The, the staff thought I should only go a little time, get my preaching legs back up under me. Um, I'm going to take a good bit of what I'm going to share today. I'm going to share again next week, but, but more of in a sermon uh, a little bit longer. It's, it's obviously, it's a very personal story of a, of a journey here these last couple of weeks. But I, I hope you'll come back. And, and, and when you do, I hope you'll take these next seven days to, to think a little bit about your salvation. What does that mean to you? What is your, what is your salvation? What is it you're holding on to? What is it that you depend on? And uh, maybe you know somebody that it might be good for them to think about this week. Bring them with you uh, next Sunday uh, as I share that story and think a little bit about that. The, the title of next week's me message is My Lessons and Memories from the LADA. You'll, you'll know a little bit more about what that means here in a moment. Um, okay, so what happened is for the better part of this year, January through March, I, I just was, was not feeling good. Just labored, mostly when I was running. As a matter of fact, I had very few problems when I, outside of when I was running. So that's kind of how January through March went. And when I got to Easter, uh, it, something changed. <laughs> and it just got, got a little bit worse. And, and when I would go running, there would, it would go from discomfort to a, a pain in my chest uh, to that pain moving down my arm. Some of you know that's not a good sign. And so I thought, ah, maybe I should call a doctor. And, and so I, I called Kirby Southall, my, my doctor, and told him a little about what was going on. He said, yeah, you probably need to come see me like right now. And uh, so about this time too, after three or four months of this, I thought, you know, I might ought to tell my wife about this too. Uh, and so Thursday night before I went to see the doctor, you know, when do you want to tell her? Because I don't really have a problem, right? And, and so Thursday night before I went to see, the, uh, to see Kirby, I said, I'm going to see Kirby tomorrow. Well, how come? I said, I might be having a little problem. And, of course, just to kind of put this in timing, I'm telling her this on Thursday night. By next Thursday, I would be having open-heart surgery. So um, we've had a discussion about how this is going to go in the future. Um, I'm not going to share a whole lot of that, but I got, I got it. Uh, so Friday morning, April 17th, I go in to see, to see my doctor, and, and he sends me pretty much directly to an oncologist, uh, Dr. Coley. And uh, I see Dr. Coley, and he, he, he checks me out and says, hey, listen, I, I don't have the, the team I need here right now, but I need you to come back the next morning for a stress test, 
which would be Saturday, April 18th. Wow, what a, what a day, what a weekend that was. Saturday morning, April 18th, I'm, I'm out the door at 7 a.m. with Randy. I think Colin had, a, a, had an injury that weekend, so he wasn't running. But I, I take Randy up to Mechanicsville to Lee Davis High School. He's in a, a meet up there. And uh, do what I do for a whole lot of Saturdays and a whole lot of track meets. We pull into the parking lot. He goes in to start warming up and getting ready. And I, I sit in the car and, and go over my message, get ready for Sunday morning. And when that was done, I think about that time, Karen was there. She came in a second car and went in and we watched Randy run that race. And then when that was over, I left them there. Came down to Colonial Heights and, and came here to the church. I came inside here, went over my message again for the next day. And don't wouldn't say this is normal, but on that particular Saturday, I did, after I went over my message, I made 45 phone calls, quite a few phone calls, and uh, did that that morning. And when that was done, then I went to go take the stress test. Now that I thought I've got myself appropriately stressed out, let's go take a stress test. And uh, so I go do that and, and of course find out that I've, I've got a blockage. Um, stress test won't tell you where it is in your heart or how bad it is. It, it just says there's a, a blockage. And so we, we, we set it up to, to meet at Chippenham and I'm going to do a heart cath. Apparently I'm going to get balloons out of this. I mean, that's awesome. You know, go get balloons. I love balloons. And, uh, but he, he said, you know what, we'll do a balloon, maybe a stint. And uh, so that, that's the news I left there with that, that Saturday. I drove back up to Mechanicsville, watched Randy run another race. Then we came home, had dinner. I think I went upstairs and, and worked on my message a little bit more. And then that brings us to Sunday. Sunday was a little bit of a unique day. I, I came in and, and, of course, preached three messages that day. That's not abnormal. That's, that's pretty normal. But then I had, I think, two or th- even three events that's, that Sunday afternoon. So it, w- it was a full day uh, that day. And I, di- I didn't say anything about it that Sunday morning. You think, gosh, you know, we, we share with each other, right? We pray for one another. You got kind of a, a big thing going on there. Um, I, I didn't say anything about it because, of course, when I, when I stood up here at that point, I was dealing with this for less than 24 hours. I was still trying to process, okay, what, what's going on? What's this mean? What's happening? And uh, had kind of convinced myself it was really a, not a big deal. And by, by next Sunday, it's going to be a non-issue anyway. I, I did tell uh, some, some of our church leaders, I think, on Monday or Tuesday of that week and uh, told our staff. But again, it was just kind of not going to be really anything, not gonna, just going to be a non-issue. Uh, well, come Wednesday of the heart cath, uh, my, my non-issue turned out to be, I'm pretty sure, my first brush with death, uh, my first opportunity to walk up to death's door and, and have God pluck me out of that, save me, rescue me from that moment. I, I don't know if that's something that everybody will experience at some point in their life. It, it, it was my experience that day. And uh, let, me, let me tell you why I say that. Um, when, when we got in there and did the heart cath, uh, again, I was fully expecting it to be a pretty simple issue and, and taken care of quite easily. And I, I woke up very quickly from that. And uh, uh, Dr. Coley, my, my uh, doctor, and, and Karen were both standing there. And I could see in Karen's face, oh, I'm, I guess I'm getting ready to get some bad news here. <laughs> and... Uh, so Dr. Coley explained that my LADA, my lower anterior descending artery, was 99% blocked. Uh, actually, I had two blockages in the same artery, a 99 and an 80. 
and uh, that, that could not be handled by a, a stent or a balloon that I, w- I was going to have to have surgery. Could not leave the hospital. Uh, it, this was a critical situation. Had to happen very soon. And uh, so that, that's plaque, you know, that's, that's a blockage in there. And uh, so I asked, I asked him, you know, how, how long is this? How long would I be if I had a 99%? That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Um, only 1% of the blood getting through. And so uh, he, he said, no, this hasn't been long. I, I hadn't been on a 99% blockage like for months, uh, not even weeks. Uh, you, you wouldn't live like that. Matter, matter of fact, he said, it's probably been a matter of hours to, to maybe a couple of days. And well, what causes? I said, what, what causes it to, for that to happen? He said, the blockage is there, whatever percentage it might be, but, but there's times it, it will rupture. And when it ruptures and it moves, then the, the blockage becomes worse. And uh, I said, well, why does, it, why does it rupture? And he said, well, in your case, probably it was stress that, that did that. And, and remember, folks, stress, you know, when we hear that word, we normally think of something bad going on, right? Bad news, bad event, something bad. But a lot of good things can, can be stress. I mean, I think about that weekend before this. I mean, I, was, I had a wonderful weekend. I had a good weekend. I enjoyed the, other than the stress test and finding out I had a blockage. But, but all the rest of it was good. But as I heard him explain what would have caused that plaque to rupture, and I do, I think about, and th- that was why I kind of explained my schedule, when I think about what it went on Saturday, and then coming in here on Sunday, uh, if, you, if you understood, I'm sure it's true for most preachers, what, what's going on in me spiritually, physically, emotionally, in the act of preaching, and folks, I can't say this as a fact, but I'm confident that's when the rupture happened. I, I could have, maybe should have, drop dead right in front of you. I, I know that sounds a little bit overly dramatic. The, the LADA, that, that you, you have heart attacks in different parts of your heart. That particular part, the general part, the left main, more affectionately referred to as, as the widow maker. If that's where your heart attack is, that's, that's the one where you're dead when you hit the floor. There's, there's no calling somebody. There's no going somewhere. That, that, that's just it. But I didn't die right in front of you, did I? <laughs> that, that, that didn't happen. Um, and I am confident that the only reason, regardless of when that rupture happened, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere between that and the heart cath, uh, it didn't happen, folks, because God wanted me to be standing here today. It's by His will and His will alone. Now, let me ask you a question. Is what I just said about me, is it any less true for any person in this room that that it's by God's will you're alive and you're here in this moment right now? You know, there's no doubt. If you go through some kind of an event where you feel rescued from death, a lot of soldiers in our church, right? If you've been there in the war zone, in the battle, maybe you've been in some kind of accident, maybe it was a health emergency like mine, but when you feel like, man, you've been right up there and you could have died, maybe should have died, and you were saved from that, there's no doubt. I mean, that's where we sit, the second chance, right? The new lease on life. Man, God, God has a will for you. God's got something special for you. Hey, I get it because I've been there now. That event is absolutely going to make you feel that way. And I am confident that God would say no event should do that in your life. 
Because my word has been telling you that all along. Folks, James chapter 4 actually says to you and me that it is a sin to act like we have tomorrow. And think about that, folks. That's, I think sometimes we have a tendency to live more out into tomorrow than we live today. I mean, how many of us right now, we're already looking forward to the last week of August because that's when we're going to the beach. Maybe it's July 4th. Maybe you're one of those as soon as the bell rings on the last day of school. Your family's in the car and on the way. You know, we're looking forward. I'm not saying it's a sin to look forward to something. But folks, do you understand that God owes, owes not a single person in this room tomorrow. He owns tomorrow and he does not owe it to you. But we live like it. Psalm 139 verse 16 says that that all of our days are ordained by God. All of our days are already written in his book. Now all of my days includes the first one. But it also includes the last one. That the last one's already in there. You know folks I know we we got all kinds of ways we can die as a human right? And all kinds of ways that will happen. I mean some of us will go through long painful experience two, three years maybe leading to our death. Others, maybe we die, maybe that more normal, whatever that is, way of dying. Some of us, that very sudden, tragic, maybe way too early death. All these different kinds of deaths. Now, it's my belief, I'm not saying I'm right, it's mostly irrelevant how you die. Because the day is already in the book. So folks, if I wake up today, if you wake up today, it's because God has willed that he has a purpose for you in being alive on this day. Folks, you realize God's faithfulness is more than just a neat feeling. It's more than just a warm feeling. It's God's faithfulness that wakes us up. It's God's faithfulness that says, my life has meaning. My life has purpose. God's faithfulness did not wake you up today to just survive. It didn't wake you up to just exist. God's faithfulness wakes you up to live meaningfully inside of Him and His purpose for your life. Folks, God has a a purpose for you. Psalm 138, verse 8. God has a purpose for you. And He promises in His faithfulness to fulfill it. How how right and appropriate that we, we think on the goodness and faithfulness of God, that we sing praises to Him, that we give thanks. But folks, maybe the most profound way that we can acknowledge and celebrate the faithfulness of God, is should I wake up tomorrow, I acknowledge, God, you own this day, and you've called me into it. May I know you and your purpose in this day, and live it. Amen? Amen. Pastor, it's good to have you back. What a powerful testimony. We believe God is our rock. He is our our shield, our fortress, our salvation, our strength. In Him do we trust. He 
is my rock, my shield, my fortress. He's my salvation and my strength. The courts of death, they were surrounding me, but he heard my cry for help. He's my refuge, my heart tower. He's my deliverer, so strong. The snares of
celebrate our faithful God this morning. Oh, we've seen, we've heard some powerful testimonies this morning, and we're going to see some people follow Christ in believer's baptism, following in faith and trusting and declaring to the world that they are followers of the Lord. So would you turn your attention to the baptistry? Good morning. We have an opportunity to baptize seven individuals this morning. We're so excited for them. And like always, every time we baptize someone, if you're a family member or you had something to do in their spiritual journey to get them to the waters of baptism, we ask you to stand up as we baptize them in agreement with their decision. Ellie, have you made a decision for Jesus Christ? And you wish to follow him in the waters of baptism. Then, Ellie, I baptize your name in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Kendra, have you made a decision for Jesus Christ? Yes. And you wish to follow him in the waters of baptism? Yes. Then, Kendra, I baptize your name in the Father and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Courtney, have you made a decision for Jesus Christ? Yes. And you wish to follow him in the waters of baptism? Yes. Then, Courtney, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jennifer, you made a decision for Jesus Christ? Yes. And you wish to follow him in the waters of baptism? Yes. Then Jennifer, I baptize you in the Father, and in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Benita, have you made a decision for Jesus Christ? Yes. And you wish to follow him in the waters of baptism? Yes. Benita, I baptize you in the Father and in the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Ryan, you made a decision for Jesus Christ? Yes. And you wish to follow him in the waters of baptism? Yes. Then, Ryan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Rashid, have you made a decision for Jesus Christ? Yes. And you wish to follow him in the waters of baptism? Yes. Rashid, I baptize you in the Father, and in the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, God. God is worthy of praise, isn't he? Amen. What a glorious picture. Let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you. for that faithfulness that our pastor spoke about, for that faithfulness of giving us each and every day. Lord, may we never take that for granted. May we give you glory and honor with our very lives. God, we come now to this point in the service where we want to return to you 
these tithes, Lord, give you these gifts, these offerings, Lord. We pray for your blessing upon them, Lord, that they would be used to further your kingdom in this community, Lord, around this world, so that others may know your goodness and love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort provided by love, any fellowship in the Spirit, any affection or mercy, complete my joy and be of the same mind by having the same love, being united in spirit and having one purpose. Instead of being motivated by selfish ambition or vanity, each of you should, in humility, be moved to treat one another as more important than yourself. Each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but about the interests of others as well. You should have the same attitude toward one another that Christ Jesus had, who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, emptied himself by taking on the form of a slave by looking like other men and by sharing in human nature. He humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to the point of death, even death on a cross. As a result, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let's stand together and celebrate. The only name that matters to me, the only one whose favor I see.
have that assurance. If you have a relationship with Christ, you know where eternity lies for you, and that is in heaven. Amen? Listen, if you're with us here today and, and God has moved in your heart, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, uh, we have people back at our Fresh Start table that would love to talk to you and answer any questions that you might have this morning. Please make your way out there and, and talk to them. If you have any questions maybe about our church or uh, needing information on that, there's people out there that would love to talk to you about that too. If you're a first-time guest with us, we're so very glad that you're here, and we have a special gift for you. Uh, it's a coffee mug with some information in it, and it tells you a little bit about the ministries uh, here at the Heights. We would love for you uh, to have that, and uh, uh, again, that's back at the Fresh Start table. We're so, uh, so thankful that each and every one of you came this morning uh, to celebrate and worship our Lord. I, I pray that you've been blessed and uh, that God has been glorified in all that we've done. We're going to do something a little different. We don't typically do this in the Mosaic service, but we're going to close out singing a little song. And uh, we, we sang a little bit earlier right after Pastor Randy spoke, and that was, I will not be shaken. And we want to stand strong on that word. As we go from this place, we want to testify of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Amen? Let's sing that together. Come on, every voice now. Yeah. 